Hello and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL, your favorite team every day. To keep up with the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, please follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins, and you can also find me at ENC McLaren. Please subscribe to Locked On Boston Bruins on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever else you listen. And please also rate and review. Now on with today's show, where we will talk about the 1-0 Boston Bruins. Yes, that's right. The Bruins played their season opener last night in Dallas, and they took care of the Stars by a score of 2-1. to To begin today's show, we'll take a look at that game and see who stood out. And uh, if there's any areas of concern early on, uh, later on, we'll tee up this weekend's action. Uh, Bruins play Saturday in Arizona, and we'll also look at some games around the NHL that will be worth watching. And then finally, to close the show today, we'll just take a look around at uh, some big stories around the league. But first, last night's game where the Bruins, like I said, they won 2-1 in Dallas. And it's, it's funny how hockey works. David Krejci was a game-time decision. Uh, he's dealing with, with an injury uh, that he should be back uh, sooner than later. It's not a, a long-term thing, a lower body injury. Uh, he, he seemed almost ready, but not quite ready to go, which meant that uh, former Dallas Stars forward Brett Ritchie was inserted into the lineup. And then, lo and behold, who is it that scores the first goal of the game on his first shot as a Bruin? It's Brett Ritchie. He scored 69 seconds into the game, which was pretty nice, and uh, gave the Bruins an early 1-0 lead. Um, Richie, uh, on the team's website, he said it felt like a playoff game, just a little bit more exciting than your average Tuesday night. It felt good, obviously, wherever you can chip in. Actually, it was Thursday night, so I don't even know if he knows what day it was. But uh, yeah, he signed a one-year, $1 million contract with the Bruins in July. Uh, he, he said he really wanted to get the win. Uh, he's still confident in what he can do. Uh, he's got a new team, a new opportunity, fresh start, and he's going to try and take advantage of it. And that's what he did, uh, being inserted into the lineup with Krejci out. Uh, he played uh, mostly on uh, the third line with Charlie Coyle and Danton Heinen. And it was uh, Danton Heinen who scored the uh, second goal of the game and the eventual game winner. Uh, on the power play, uh, he looked really good. That whole line, Coyle and Heinen especially, they looked uh, like a great uh, depth duo to build around for this Bruins team. If they're going to have success this year, they need that uh, secondary scoring. That was an issue all last year until later on in the season after they had added Coyle and Marcus Johansson. Um, but if if those two and whoever fits with them on that third line can can continue to roll, then that's a, a very good sign uh, for the Bruins. Um, so yeah, Brett Ritchie takes advantage of his opportunity. You got a shout out after the game from head coach Bruce Cassidy, who said, obviously it's his old team coming into his old rink, first game of the year. He just wanted to make a good impression, and and that's what he did. He Cassidy says he's a guy that can help us win, and that's what he did. Um, in terms of David Krejci, Cassidy said he wasn't quite ready. Uh, we th they thought he would be, uh, to be honest, he said, but uh, the original diagnosis had him ready for the opener, but uh, it's just lingering a little bit. 
and they're aiming for Saturday. So that means we'll have to see at that point who comes out of the lineup uh, in lieu of Krejci. It'd be hard to to see Richie coming out after making a great first impression. So that would leave, you know, either uh, Lindholm, who skated on the second line uh, in the Krejci's place, uh, maybe a David Backus, Chris Wagner, one of those guys might uh, might have to come out. But I'd imagine that uh, Richie would get the call again just based on the, the opening impression that he made. Um, and again, just going back to Charlie Coyle, uh, we talked earlier in the week about how he was deemed pretty much the most impressive player in training camp. And um, he really came up big again last night. Cassidy said he was arguably the best player of the night, most notable player in camp. Uh, he's, he set a really good screen to set up uh, Danton Heinen's goal. Heinen might have beat Ben Bishop anyways because it was such a, a slick shot. But uh, Charlie Coyle did a great job of getting in front of him and uh, really helped to uh, enable that puck to go in. Uh, Coyle was also 6 of 11 in the faceoff circle. He had a shot on goal. Uh, and skated 16 minutes, 49 seconds of ice time, and that was third highest among Bruins forwards behind Bergeron and Marchand. So uh, obviously the coaching staff is really high on Coyle right now, and for good reason. He's he's playing as well as can be expected uh, for this team. Keep in mind he is an uh, unrestricted free agent at the end of the season, so he's, he's kind of playing for a contract, ho- hopefully an extension with the Bruins, but... Um, you never know uh, what what will happen. Hopefully he can stick around long-term because he seems like a really good fit. Local boy, loves playing for the team. And I personally am really excited to watch uh, a full season of Charlie Coyle with the Bruins. Um, another notable last night was Tuka Rask. He looked really sharp uh, in his debut. He made 28 saves on 29 shots. He was beaten once by uh, Rupe Hintz, who um, just... Uh, blasted into the Bruins zone, passed a couple defenders, and went roof on on Rask. Um, it was a really, really fantastic play. Uh, Hintz has speed uh, like few others in the league, so uh, it was hard to fault Rask too much on that. But he did uh, make a pretty big glove save on Hintz uh, in the third period to keep keep the Bruins up by one. Uh, and he said he felt his best in the third Uh they had stars were kind of pouring it on score effects and all that, trying to get that tying goal. And uh, I guess Rask uh, kind of excelled in that high pressure situation as he did in the playoffs. Uh, he said he saw the puck pretty well. Uh, defenders did a good job of keeping the stars to the outside and uh, made a couple big blocks as well. And uh, overall a very solid game for Tuka Rask and uh Again, we'll see if he gets the start in the second game or if the platoon situation will begin right away with Yaroslav Halak. Uh, but it doesn't appear as though there's anything to worry about with Tukarask as the season begins. Uh, if there's any causes for concern or anything that didn't look too great, the top line uh, did not look uh, particularly effective, uh, especially the, the top power play unit as well. The Bruins had... Several power play opportunities. Uh, they scored on one, and that was Heinen's goal. Um, so the top power play unit looked a bit out of sorts. And um, I don't know whether it's 
there's a Bergeron injury issue lingering or there's, um, you know, trying to do too much too soon. Uh, but hopefully they can just kind of simplify things uh, beginning Saturday in Arizona and uh, just start to, to roll more effectively as, as we know that they can. Um, I should also mention uh, the injury suffered by Roman Polak in the second period of last night's game. He, he kind of went in to uh, take, uh, I think it was Chris Wagner, into the boards. Wagner was able to evade that, and Polak went really hard into the boards. Uh, he was immediately down the ice for, for several minutes, and uh, they had to bring the stretcher out. Uh, he wasn't really moving at all as they were um, stretching him off. You'd like to see a, like a little thumbs up or a wave to the crowd, uh, but that didn't happen. Uh, apparently, he was taken to hospital, and his extremities uh, were moving, so that's great to hear. And uh, we here at Locked On Boston Bruins, we wish him all the best. You know, you hate to see the stretcher come out and a guy to be down for that long on the ice. So just uh, wish him well and and uh, hope for a speedy recovery there. Um, yeah, so that was game one. The Bruins took care of business. It wasn't a, a perfect game by any means. It wasn't a uh, you know uh, the funnest game to watch, but the Bruins took care of business uh, on the road in a season opener against the team with Stanley Cup aspirations, and that's really all that you can ask for. Um, it's not uh, how how pretty it is it's it's how many goals you score and uh, the Bruins did enough to get it done so get on them and uh, yeah hopefully they can keep it going Saturday in Arizona which we will talk about uh, coming up we'll break down that game look at some uh, other games around the league to keep an eye on this weekend and uh, and take take a look at some big storylines around the NHL I'm happy to welcome now to the podcast, uh, Kat Silverman. She covers the Arizona Coyotes for The Athletic. She also writes for Ingle Magazine as a goalie uh, guru. And uh, we're also friends that have only interacted via social media, but hopefully one day that changes. Kat, thanks so much for taking some time to uh, chat today on the Locked On Bruins podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. How, uh, how, what's the vibe in, in uh, Arizona right now as the Coyotes get set to make their, their home opener? I guess they lost uh, their season opener in uh, Anaheim last night. Um, how, are, how are people feeling about the team in general and, and after the loss last night? I think uh, it's, it's kind of funny. I think people are... I think they're a little antsy. Uh, this is their third year in a their season opener. Um, it's their third year in a row to drop their first game against the Anaheim Ducks. They opened against the Dallas Stars last year, but then they ended up playing their, I believe it was their home opener, was against the Anaheim Ducks. So like a couple days later, um, Don Gibson seems to have their number, as he has the number of most of the league. He's, <laughs> he's one of the best, so... I think fans are, are trying to temper that expectation. You know, I looked at the numbers last night after their game ended. I think they were the last game to really finish. Um, Darcy Kemper put up a 931 save percentage. He stops 27 to 29 shots he faced. He has the seventh best save percentage in the opening pair of days. It's not really opening weekend, but uh, in the first two days, 24 goalies have played he has the seventh best save percentage he just happened to go against the goalie who has the first 
save percentage. And so really the only other goaltender who has over a 900 save percentage who has lost their game was oh, Matt Murray, and he played the second best. It was uh, it was Carter Hutton. And so really Gibson and Hutton played lights out, and Murray and Kemper kind of got the unlucky draws there by happening to. Right. Yeah, I mean, um, Darcy Kemper, he's starting in net. Uh, I assume he'll start again tomorrow night with, with Ranta on the shelf. Is that a long-term injury, or are they planning to platoon pretty much all season anyways, or, or what's the situation there with the, the Coyotes goaltending? Yeah, so we got we got confirmation last night from Coyotes AGM, uh, their, their Tucson general manager, Steve Sullivan. He said that they, they talked it over with Antti Ranta, who obviously has missed – 10 months of game action for a for a long-term injury there um he's in he's basically he's fully healthy now they just um he hasn't he hasn't really seen game shots other than part right. of one pre game and so they talked it over with him they asked him if he wanted to do a conditioning stint down in tucson um just to you know face game shots that's really the most important thing when it comes to to really getting in the practice as a goaltender is facing those game shots. You can, you can face practice shots all you want and it's not going to make a ton of difference. Um, mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, he enthusiastically said yes. Um, so the plan is he's actually starting tonight, Friday night for the Tucson Roadrunners. They are in, I believe they're in Cedar Park, Texas tonight playing uh, the Texas Stars. And then on Sunday, they play the San Antonio Rampage in San Antonio, a couple hours sort of southeast. Um, at worst, he'll be back Monday with the Coyotes. Yeah. At best, he could do if he does well enough on Friday night. He'll be back up with the team Saturday. I don't think they'll have him backing up. That's a lot of travel. Um, but he should be ready to go by their their third game of the season. I believe is this upcoming week on Thursday. Nice little break there. Okay. So by the time Game Three rolls around, he should be back. Up. Um, and he'll have either one or two AHL games under his belt. And my guess is once that hits, they're going to start rolling them. So, all right. So, so yeah, I guess he's he's good to go. So it'll be Kemper for sure against Boston on on uh, on Saturday, and it doesn't sound like it will be an easy task for the Bruins either way. Both of those guys are are capable of of putting up uh, big save percentage percentage numbers and can carry the load. So. I guess either way, it doesn't really make too much of a difference for for the Bruins coming in there tomorrow night. Right. Uh, my they haven't confirmed it yet, but I would put all of my money on it being Darcy mm. Kemper, Aiden right. Hill. Up right now they have they've recently acquired Eric Comrie via waivers. So I oh right, yeah. Practical tender of sorts. Uh, maybe get in a few games here and there just to sort of manage the workload properly. Keep either Kemper or Ronta from getting getting stressed out and keep Aiden Hill from having to shuttle up and down to Tucson, really get him a chance to get the, that heavy workload in with, uh, with the roadrunners this year. But right. uh, unfortunately, I believe there's a visa situation or something going on right now. So he hasn't joined oh, as of their last. Okay. I believe last night he hadn't joined the team, but we'll find out here. Practice starts on Friday in a couple minutes. So okay. we should at that point what's going on there, but my, my money's on Kemper and then moving forward, we'll see. I see um, Phil Kessel, he recorded a primary assist last night on uh, a goal by Derek Stepan. Uh, Clayton Keller also getting in there. How has uh, Phil seeming to be fitting in down there? And 
I guess any any time now he's he's expected to kind of break out and, and start carrying the offensive load a bit a bit more down there. Yeah, I mean the fact that they were only able to get one goal past John Gibson last night and he was a main contributor on it. So that's that really says all you need to know right there. He's uh yeah. He's been almost exclusively working with uh, Clayton Keller. Uh, Coyotes head coach okay. Rick Tock is a big believer in pairs. So he he has, you know, the wingers practicing together and then they they rotate in with another player. And so it's mm-hmm. really been Kessel and Keller working together there. And you can tell when they're, when they're out there together, obviously. It was game one, you know, their first full game, regular season action together. So there was still some kinks to work out. But I thought it looked good and it looked like Phil Kessel hasn't taken a step back yet again I think he's a you know we hear all these these beat writers from some of the bigger markets he's played in not the Boston one um that that say he's lazy or he doesn't try hard enough but clearly he's doing something right because he's still exactly what we expect him to be and he's I believe he's 32 now so Mm -hmm. I mean there's there's not a lot more that you can ask of Phil Castle at this point. Uh, right. He was setting up plays. He was taking quality shots. He was uh, he was driving that line. And you guys know in Boston as well as anyone, he's got an underrated playmaking skill set mm-hmm, to his. For sure. And we saw that last night. Not just the fact that he can put those pucks on net, but the fact that he can set up Derek Stepan, who ended up scoring the goal. I mean. He's he's going to give confidence to Keller. He's going to hopefully help ease a little bit of the burden on step on there. That's I think I think we can't really understate how important he's going to be. And you say he's going to break. I think I think we kind of saw that last night. Mm, um, okay. But but yeah, I think uh, I, I expect to see his point totals stay about where they had been. And for the Coyotes, that's that's crucial. Cool. Who else um, should Bruins fans keep an eye on tomorrow night? Who who stood out kind of through training camp and and who's kind of flying already? Uh, apart from Kessel and and Keller, who's kind of looking really good for the for the Coyotes early on? Uh, Darcy Kemper. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, so it was it was a tough game to really gauge that last night, just because John Gibson is so mm. tough to really find the quality spots against, but uh. It was a poor game for Vinny Hinestroza. I thought that he looked a little flat, but through training camp, he looked like a star. He's a, he's okay. fast, he's shifty, he's not afraid to get a little aggressive on the forecheck. Um, Brad Richardson loves to get under the other team's skin, um, and Boston knows just how effective that is, obviously. So he's a player that I would keep an eye on to maybe, you know, get things going for the fourth line. Um, he's been he's been playing in the bottom six, but playing it effectively. Um Boston fans are all too familiar with a really good penalty kill. Obviously, they have two of the best penalty killing forwards in the league in Marchand and Bergeron. Um, mm-hmm. I would say two of the other would be Michael Grabner and Brad Richardson. They, mm. I think maybe Lawson Kraus contributed a few of them too, but between the two of them primarily, the their penalty kill last year drove for 16 goals. So that's, oh, wow. uh, that's almost comically good and they, they got another quality mm-hmm. chance last night in the, the one right. penalty that they took so it was a fairly clean game their games against Boston tend to be a little bit chippier so if that remains true for this game I would say uh, keep an eye out for that penalty kill yeah that's interesting because um 
Boston scored one power play goal in the season opener, but it was the second unit, uh, Danton Heinen, who scored it. And the first unit, it was really lights out last year, looked a bit uh, discombobulated. So if, if those guys can keep on them, we might see uh, another ineffective night on a power play for the Bruins. So, that, yeah, that's that's really interesting, well, something to keep an eye on. Funny enough, uh, the, the Coyotes' power play is very similar to that. <laughs> I think both yeah. teams would rather the penalty than draw one. So. So that For should sure. be kind of funny to watch. But yeah, I think this is my sixth time watching these two teams and it's, it's fun every time. So, cool. yeah. Well, thank you so much for, for taking some time. I hope you enjoy uh, the home opener tomorrow night. Uh, yeah. Thanks so much for, for taking some time and maybe we'll check in again when the coyotes come to Boston later on the season. Sounds good. Have a good one. Thanks Kat. You too. Thanks again to Kat Silverman for taking some time to talk about the coyotes in advance of Saturday's, uh, game against the Bruins, which uh, should be a good one. So what else is going on around the NHL? Well, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention uh, Nesson broadcaster Jack Edwards uh, got in a bit of hot water uh, due to the Roman Polak incident that I mentioned um, earlier. When So like I said, if you saw the play, you saw that Polak kind of went to take Chris Wagner into the boards, and uh, Wagner eluded that. Polak went in hard and um, was down on the ice for several minutes and had to be stretchered off. Very unfortunate incident, very scary, very hard to watch, and uh, we wish him well. Actually, Renaud Lavoie from TVR, he just uh, recently tweeted that Polak was released from hospital overnight, so it looks like he avoided a serious injury, and we hope that he's back on the ice as soon as possible. Now, if you're watching the game, Jack Edwards... Uh, at the time of the play, he said that the injury was bad hockey karma uh, after he tried to take Wagner into the boards. Uh, and Polak's agent, Alan Walsh, he tweeted around uh, 1 o'clock Eastern time uh, last night. He said, I have tremendous respect for the Bruin players that sent best wishes. All class. As for Jack Edwards, to say Roman's injury was bad hockey karma while he was laying on motionless on the ice, you are truly a piece of shit and an absolute disgrace, end quote. Now, Edwards and uh, Andy Brickley, they were quiet uh, as the uh, incident lingered and as Polak remained on the ice for quite some time, probably uh, feeling some regret for his words. Uh, very poor choice of words. Um, and uh, I would hope or expect that some sort of apology will be issued about that Um not a great look for, for Jack Edwards and the team there, but hopefully, uh, like I said, Polak recovers quickly and is back out on the ice uh, sooner than later. Um, what else is going on in the NHL this weekend? Uh, Braden Shen, he was set to become an unrestricted free agent this summer, or next summer, sorry. Uh, he signed an eight-year, $52 million contract with the Stanley Cup champion, St. Louis Blues. So nice uh, for him to get uh, a good extension there. Questionable term, possibly, but uh, not, a, not a terrible cap hit. Um, so good on him for, for getting that done. The New York Rangers got off to a good start last night with newcomers uh, Jacob Truba and Artemi Panarin, uh, each having big nights against the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, the Lightning, they got past... The Panthers and Sergei Bobrovsky in their season opener, kind of picking up where they left off uh, last regular season. 
and uh, kind of a disappointing start for the Panthers, who uh, were not able to win in head coach Joel Coenfield's debut behind the bench, and who many are high on to pick as a playoff team. It's kind of a measuring stick for, game for them, and they weren't able to to get the job done. So it looks like there's still some work to be done there. And then Miko Rantanen, who uh, waited until the end of training camp to sign a new deal, he, he scored twice uh, for the Colorado Avalanche. And they're a team to keep an eye on this year. Like I said yesterday, they're going to be fun to watch. Um, and uh, I'm excited to to see them as much as I can. As for games to keep an eye on this weekend, well, we have uh, Vegas-San Jose here on Friday night. That's always uh, a good one to keep an eye on. Always a great rivalry. Uh, on Saturday, there'll be another Tampa Bay-Florida matchup. Carolina and the Capitals, who should be two teams that will uh, be competing for top spot in the Metropolitan Division. Dallas and St. Louis, if you remember, Dallas was very close to to beating uh, St. Louis in the playoffs last year. Went to double overtime in the final game. They could have been the opponent that uh, that Boston faced in the final. Um, so they're playing on Saturday night. And then, of course, we have Boston and the Coyotes, which will be something to look forward to. Um, So, yeah, enjoy your hockey viewing this weekend. I just want to say thank you to everyone who's taken the time to to listen to the show during this first week. Uh, Thank you for bearing with me as I just find my footing here. It's It's been so fun and exciting to get started. And I look forward to continuing to bring you a daily dose of... Uh, Boston Bruins news and insights and a look around the league for the Locked On Podcast Network. Um, please follow the show on Twitter at lock, oh, sorry, at LO underscore Boston Bruins. Follow me at ENC McLaren and uh, subscribe to the podcast wherever you can. Uh, give it a rating, a review, and uh, enjoy your weekend. And we'll talk to you again next week. Take care, friends.